Well, what brings you into my house, young man? Uh, hey, I need a, I have this, I need a key. Um, oh, did you lock yourself out of your apartment? Yeah, I just, uh, I put, I left my keys in my other pants, I oh. guess, so. Well, I would take care of that for you, but right now I'm just so hungry. Oh, I don't know if I can focus because I'm so hungry. Sorry, this is a locksmith, right? Yes. Uh, so you're like, you're on your lunch break? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I wish I could be on my lunch break. But I can't focus on this key machine if I don't just keep listening to my stomach. Uh-oh, it's a cat. I'm just trying to piece together what you want from me. You're, you're just trying in a roundabout, indirect way, you're trying to get me to bring you a meal. Is well, that what you want? Well, it sure would make it easier to, to make you a key for your apartment if I had something in my belly. All right, well, there's like a Quiznos in the same uh, you know, little shopping center, so I'll just go. I can run over Quiznos. Just let me know what you want. I can use Apple Pay. I have my phone. Hurry back. Hi, welcome to Quiznos. Hi, how can I help you? Uh, yeah, I guess just give me your top-selling sandwich, whatever your most Out popular sandwich mayonnaise. is. mayonnaise! Oh, no! If we're going to make a sandwich, we're probably going to have to use something else. Ugh, oh, what a day! Does look like there's mayonnaise across the way in that smart and final. Can you just make the sandwich with no mayo? I don't even know if this guy wants mayo. He probably won't tell. Just make a sandwich with no mayo, please. Hello, welcome to Smart and Final. You need some mayonnaise. Yeah, I had like a fucking 20 minute conversation with this Quiznos employee. And eventually I realized she wasn't going to relent unless I went and got some mayo. Um, yeah, so can I, I get only, some mayonnaise? I only have one piece of mayonnaise left. But what I need to hear a poem. I would love to hear a poem. You want to hear a poem? You want a poem? You're not going to give me the mayonnaise. I can give you money. You can and you can check me out because it's your job. But you don't. That's not going to be a part of the transaction. You want me to read you a poem? You can have a mayonnaise. You read me a poem. All right. Here, I got a poem for you. Here we go. There once was a man named Nick who lived in a town where everyone was fucking sick. He got him a gun and started counting from one. And then he blew off his own dick. Here's your mayonnaise. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Quiznos. Up oh, here's your sandwich. <laughs> you got me a sandwich. I guess I can eat it and get you that key lickety split. Oh no, the cat took the sandwich. Guess you gotta go chase the cat. <laughs> I'm going to shoot off my own dick. <laughs> we collect the soap from the cart and get the wine bottle, then head past the horse upstairs and pick up the red paint in LucasArts' classic point-and-click adventure, Day of the Tentacle, this week on How Did This Get Played?
Welcome to Out of This Good Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and wowed by Heather and Matt being coolest video oh. games of all time. <laughs> Bringing it back. That third W is by at Tom the Fanboy. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Weiger along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Bucket. Edge, is your lung capacity improving? Like, can you? That was that was, that was a real bellow there. Uh, you really uh, held that out for a while. I think that was about half half length. I, wow. I got insecure midway through the bit. <laughs> Wh- which I brought back because there were enough complaints about me not doing the long drawing out. Uh, hello, everyone. That I was like, okay, well, I thought people hated this. <laughs> I will do whatever humans tell me to do. <laughs> How come the show I listen to every week deviated from its format even slightly? <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, they don't put the same thing out every single week. <laughs> the words were different than last time. This sucks. I have, uh, guys, we have a, a fantastic guest and and a, a, fa- a game that I have a lot of history with, and I, I suspect our guest does too, though we'll find out. Uh, and I want to get to that uh, real quick, but before we do that, it is first time, as we always do, to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven, and I have something to talk about, Matt, if you'll let us know when to begin. Begin. On the adventure game tip, I played through this past week Call of the Sea, uh, which this was is- developed by Out of the Blue Games. This is a... This is a first person. What, what, are you, what are you reacting to? It's a weird way to talk about how I got you a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was very nice of you to get me a PlayStation 5. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look. Yes, I, I want to talk about Call of the Sea because it's an adventure game. <laughs> and I don't have another place to talk about it. We're not going to cover it on the show. But yes, you got me a PlayStation 5. It was extremely nice. I guess you went out of your a, way. It's not gaming heaven for you to just suddenly. It was get the a nicest PS5. thing. And, and I picked it up. I picked it, I picked it up from Best Buy. I did the whole about thing. A positive gaming experience you had. He was just going to talk about something else. It's from a Spanish developer. Uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's a first-person adventure. It's 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 really good. Check out Call of Duty. It's on Game Pass. Heather, that was extremely nice of you. That was the nicest thing a friend has ever done for me in my adult life. It was, any, it, it was, it was uh, extremely, and this was not a gift. Obviously, you didn't give me, you know, Time's fucking. But, Wait, but but you, you went to the trouble of finding it. Have you paid me for it? I have not paid you yet. So um, what would you call it? <laughs> Our guest today is a writer and podcaster from Hollywood Handbook, The Flagrant Ones, an L.A. podcast. Hayes Davenport is here. Hi, Hayes. Hi. Hello, everybody. Oh, <laughs> close. It was good. It's nice. It's better. Uh, Hayes, thank you so much for being here. I, I We talked years ago at some point about how you played a lot of uh, graphic adventure games, uh, uh, LucasArts games in particular, growing up. And it wasn't until the Zoom age, when I got a glimpse at your home office, that I realized you have a Loom poster, classic LucasArts game, in your uh, in your office, as well as a Sam and Max poster. I have a Loom poster. You can see right behind me. This is one of the things, like I talk about this a lot, it's just something I didn't expect to be coming up as often in my life as it now does from people 
you know, they just see the same background over and over right. again. What's that? It's a computer games from when I was a little kid. Like you're just not, I wasn't, I didn't like construct this right. scene expecting to talk about it almost every day. But um, <laughs> I have, so my wife also played these games. The, the, the LucasArts point and click adventure games from the 90s, early 2000s. I have here. Uh, Monkey Island wow. Chuck's wow. Revenge poster that's Monkey Island 2 I have Curse of Monkey Island over there you can see Wow. Uh, and over here wow. yeah Sam and Max and the game we're going to talk about today Wow. Really oh, nice. Imagine you've got a I, Day of the Tentacle poster on your wall and you didn't wall. put it up for us <laughs> no it's no that's oh that's been up there imagine wow. you wake up on birthday morning and you see these five beautiful framed <laughs> posters man wait what morning <laughs> on birthday morning birthday morning <laughs> you, don't, you don't have birthday morning <laughs> you don't have the birth like the, the they put the birthday chair yeah <laughs> in your room and a little birthday breakfast. Yeah. With your favorite birthday treats. Is this a and guy you roll thing? around is in it, the birthday chair. Does this happen to you guys? Oh, uh, Heather, it's a guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I, I, this is this is by sheer coincidence the second consecutive week where our guest uh, I don't actually don't know what episode what order these episodes will come out in, but Joan Ford yeah. had a Who Framed Roger Rabbit poster. And Hayes has a Day of the Tentacle poster. We didn't know that going in. So here we are. Wow. Here we are. Um, Hayes, so, so what got you into the genre? I mean, what, what got yeah. you into playing these games? You know, I think my way in weirdly, and I never made the connection when I was a kid, but it was these, I started when I was like six or seven years old, uh, with a company called humongous entertainment. Yes. Any humongous heads in the, in the chat. Humongous, I think, was Ron Gilbert who designed Monkey Island. That yes. was his company started. Yeah, Ron Gilbert went and created a game a game company for like little babies, basically, which was used the same engine. The engine that they built was called Scum. Yeah, that was like half a programming language, half like a game engine uh, that let you interact with all the stuff on the screen. So you'd point and you could like grab it or look at it or talk to it or whatever. Uh, and the games that I played for from Humongous were mostly starring a character named Putt Putt, who was a little car with eyes, who had a dog named Pep. Uh, and the first game was called Putt Putt Joins the Parade, and in the second one, he goes to the moon. So they felt like they really had to <laughs> escalate things from yeah. the first one. And then I think I imagine it was hard to like go back from there. Like he could have, I don't know. Seems like there's stuff he could have done in between. He could have gone to like another country or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he went straight to the moon. Uh, but yeah, and then there were a bunch of um, uh, game packages. I was trying to remember earlier how these were assembled, but somehow I got my hands on Lucas Arts Archives Volume One, which yeah. was a six CD package which had day of the tentacle sam and max rebel assault it's great you know they had all the star wars games that they did too at lucas arts of course indiana jones and the fate of atlantis some other star wars thing and then there was a disc package that had secret of monkey island maniac mansion loom indiana jones and the last crusade and something like zach mccracken something 
but just the the mileage I got out of those and then later they came out with full throttle four monkey island games total uh dark forces that was another star wars game the dig uh was a famous like disaster by the guy who made loom i think produced by steven spielberg uh, that they had to just like cut short and just release before this. And it ends up being like a 25 minute long play uh, <laughs> because they just ran out of money. Uh, and Grim Fandango, of course, uh, it kind of tracked from like six to 15. I was the perfect age for yes. every one of those games uh, uh, coming out. Yeah, I've um uh, for me, the first one that hit me was secret of monkey island and mm-hmm. i'm a little older than you but that was a game like my grandpa had and gave to me i think he gave me a, pi- a pirated copy actually that was the first a, a, a pirate themed game that holy i had a pirated copy shit. of so how about that fucking shit <laughs> thematically perfect it's about pirates as well <laughs> <laughs> so so uh but Your that grandpa really- had it my grandpa had it, yeah. So he played through, your grandpa played through an entire point-and-click adventure game and then gave it to you? Or do you think, think it was possible he just get, got it for you? It's possible he just got it because he thought it would be a thing. I mean, my grandpa, my my, my late this grandfather gifts. was a... Uh, was a <laughs> cannot accept that what happened is you just got a gift. It was yeah. nice. It was very nice of my grandpa. It's, it's almost like... The way that he also got Miles Morales uh, as a surprise when I, I forgot gave to mention him his that. PS5 and he didn't. <laughs> Thank you for Miles Morales. I can mention that at all. I'm excited to a personalized it. note on. on the inside of the package, which I'm guessing he hasn't even opened yet. Wait, there's a note in here? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll let me read it. And <laughs> in the inside of the game? <laughs> yeah. He didn't even uh, open it. So it's there's from a Miles Morales himself. <laughs> it actually is a is a quote attributed to Miles Morales. I'm not sure if you guys can see that on the camera there. Uh, but Miles Morales is a thought bubble and it says, oh, no, Nick is going to swing me into buildings. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's no. very nice. He's mad. He doesn't want to be played by Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> this is why this is why I don't have friends is because when I do something nice, I I squeeze it out of them. I just crush. No, crush. you're being totally normal to expect yeah. a mention of it on your video game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you, Heather. Uh, the, so, so I got into Monkey Island. I have no idea if my grandfather ever actually played it. I think like he had other games around that I think like he was just a computer enthusiast and was like, I'll have games. And if the kids come to visit, they'll have games they can play on my computer. Uh, but this was one of the one, this and Sim City where I had pirated copies that he gave Mm me, um, and, uh, were some of my early PC games. And uh, uh, Secret of Monkey Island was my favorite because I think it hit me first. And that that whole Monkey Island series, like Monkey Island 2, Curse of Monkey Island, which you mentioned, like the animation is just like so good in that game. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and I but I want to ask about Sam and Max because Sam and Max is one of the franchises that I also played Sam and Max as a kid. I really like that game, but they had something of a, uh, of a comeback, uh, the telltale games, which had, was founded by LucasArts developers made Sam and Max save the world. Did you ever mess uh-huh. around with that at all? I, 
uh, got into it a little bit and I think I started and just a little voice in my head was just like, you know what? Just leave it where it is. You don't have right. to like, and you know, I understand the enthusiasm. I was really excited when I heard it was coming out, but now I'm like, you know, 26 or something at that point. And it's just like, it. I, it what I did instead was buy an old PC that I could play these games on my, my oh, old wow. games. I bought the old, uh, like the package again. I just wanted to recreate the exact same experience. And that's why I was actually a little scared about playing the remastered day of the tentacle. I thought it was going to be kind of like what they did with telltale where the characters look different and they like move differently. And suddenly like Bernard has like a big juicy tush or something like <laughs> I, I, I don't want them to be different from what I remember. And I mean, the, but the game was exactly like I remember we can t- we'll talk about it, but like that's what's so interesting about it. They fixed it to make it more like I remember somehow. Yeah, it, it basically is just a fresh coat of paint on the yeah. existing assets. I mean, the the animation appears to have been reused. You know, there, there weren't a ton of frames of the animation, but the animation is still amazing and was amazing mm-hmm. in its time. Um, uh, w- one more quick question before we get into Day of the Tentacle. I there was there's a very specific LucasArts thing that I remember that I was reminded of while I was researching this this episode, which is the Adventurer magazine. I don't know if that came with the, the collections. I think there was one. Yeah, that came in the box. Uh, I I remember them promoting it a lot. That and one eight hundred Star Wars. They were yes. always trying to get you to call for hints. And I did once in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I got stuck in the catacombs, and so I had to call one eight hundred Star Wars. And they were just like, well, you just like click on the thing over here. And I just could not get out. I remember spending like a really long time on the phone trying to figure this out. And I never did. And so I never finished the game. Is it? Did they charge you for that? I never called it. I was too scared. It's 1-800. I don't think so. Oh, wow. So. Okay. So it was remember. just a free hint line. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, the, and sometimes the characters in the game would call it. Do you remember that? I think in Monkey oh, Island yes, 2, yeah. they call 1-800-STAR-WARS to get customer service. Yeah, they, it's, it's like a fourth wall breaking thing, which they do a lot in these games, and they did in... They do in Day of the Tentacle as well. Like there's like mm-hmm. Sam and Max portraits in it. Um, and yeah, there's yeah. a one there's a one eight hundred Star Wars reference. There's a whole mm-hmm. uh, like running like a uh, subplot about the, the the family wanting revenue from the first game, um, wanting yes. royalties. Uh, but uh, we should we should get into it, Heather. Yeah. Well, Day of the Tentacle is the game we are covering today, also known as Maniac Mansion Two. Day of the Tentacle came out in 1993. It is a Graphic point-and-click adventure game. Other games from 1993 include Doom, Star Fox, Myst, Secret of Mana, Mortal Kombat 2. This was a this was a wow. banger year for video yeah. games, and I would be uh, I'd be a, a disingenuous to my true self if I didn't also mention that Sonic CD came out in 1993. Though I <laughs> wow. don't know that that would be on anybody else's top ten list to mention. Uh, it was created and uh, co-directed, I guess, by Dave Grossman and Tim Schaefer uh, with art by Peter Chan for, as you guys have mentioned, LucasArts. There was a re-release of the game that came out uh, for PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, Windows and OS X in 2016, and Xbox One in October of 2020. 
Yeah. So, so a big part of what happened because, you know, Lucas felt because of the Lucas acquisition by Disney, LucasArts acquired by Disney, and then LucasArts is basically folded and they're just making Star Wars games now. Um, and, but so as part of that, uh, Tim Schafer, who went on to find double found Double Fine mm-hmm. Games, uh, has a he was able to reacquire the rights to Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, and I believe Grim Fandango, which is why remasters of all three of those exist. And the remaster of Day of the Tentacle is on Game Pass. So, you know, again, if you if you have Game Pass, uh, you can check it out for free. It's not super long. Um I, I, you you mentioned Mist and you mentioned Sonic CD and I think that's a big part of this game, which is that it was really at the beginning of the CD-ROM era, uh, which yeah. changed a lot of things in terms of just like like the big thing was this voice acting was in games for pretty much the first time and this was yeah. the first Lucas Arts game that had voice acting and you can kind of tell that it was like a very early effort effort at, at video game voice acting. In what way? You're saying it sucks? I'm not saying it sucks. I'm just saying it's like it's there. There's some good. There's some good performances here, and there's I some think that it's are great. All oh. the voices are like really distinctive. I didn't realize until playing this through that like it's clearly set in Philadelphia. I didn't understand all the Philadelphia references at the at the time when I was a little kid. But one of the main characters is named Hoagie. First of all, yes. he has a very strong Philadelphia accent. Uh, I was also reading the making. I watched this like making of documentary where they had all the dat tapes unlabeled in a box. So when they were doing the remastering, obviously like the original uh, like sounded bad, and they had to like go through like get the actual original tapes, but they had to listen through them, write down what they each said because they were all completely unlabeled. But I I think I remember yeah exactly like you're saying playing and and thinking I have never seen anything that looks this good in my life and the fact that it was at, like compared to all the um secret of monkey island loom all the point and clicks before that that were um just silent I mean it just absolutely blew my head off. Uh, so I'm scared to talk about my feelings about this game since you have the poster up on your wall. <laughs> you should. And it's so important <laughs> to you. And Matt, Matt Apodaca and I, and I'll throw him under the bus. Hey, here. hey wait a minute. No. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about what. Oh, wait. This so, is a podcast about bad games. So, no, 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 no. Not necessarily. Worst, worst and weirdest. And uh, wow. Oh, Matt, the concept cool. changed. Uh, it did a little bit. Um, so, Matt, these these games are not for me and Matt. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, again, emphasize Matt because he was on board with me. <laughs> and I, 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 when I'm like, I can put myself in the head headspace of a 1993 kid who mm-hmm. is playing this thing. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm interacting with a cartoon. Everybody is talking just talking was so incredible to hear a mm-hmm. video. Like if there was a sample of like on John Madden of like, well, he's going for the, he's going for the touchdown. And you'd be like, Whoa, my video yeah. game talked. Mm-hmm. And this, what this is a, a cartoon. Um, that being said, man, it's, I was really, 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 really deeply frustrated and put off. I was frustrated by the gameplay and put off by the voice acting. And I'm real sorry because it's something so special. This is uh, no, again, this is dating back to 1993 
Like, it's not supposed to be... I'm not saying it's good now. And it shouldn't really be enjoyable for anyone who's just, like, trying to get into it. The way you just, like, click around and that's the only way you control someone's movement. Like, I'm sure it's really deeply unsatisfying. And also, it's not really funny anymore, necessarily. But, like, when I was a kid and wanted to be funny at school and was looking for places to steal jokes i remember this and sam and max sam and max in particular i stole so many like little phrases and stuff to try to be funny at school like these were i think for the time legitimately funny games like monkey yeah. island especially come on nick help me monkey island was fun. <laughs> i mean i think these games the, the the thing i was i was saying about the voice acting is I think the voice performances are mostly good. I think Denny Delk, who had who is Purple Tentacle, he's awesome as Purple Tentacle, but he's also Hoagie. And his Hoagie yeah. performance to me is like a little bit of you can tell this is kind of an old guy trying to be a younger guy. You know, what I mean, it kind of sounds like Kelsey Grammer trying to do Spicoli. It's like not quite like the <laughs> what he's what he's actually. You know, it, it feels like an impression of the character more so than the character, but. I, I but more so what I meant by that is that a lot of the jokes are kind of like text jokes that are almost like yeah. these dry jokes that work better reading them on a screen versus hearing them from an actor. And that's very much the case with with Monkey Island. Monkey Island has so many like just dry text jokes and just jokes that are based that are like, you know, homophone puns, you know, stuff where it's like this really only works as text, not as as spoken aloud. But on the stealing jokes from these games front. So. Because no other kids, very few kids were playing PC games, Mm -hmm. you could get away with that. Not a lot of kids were playing, you know, had access to these. And, you know, if kids were playing video games, they were playing Super Nintendo or or, or Genesis, like PC gamers was a very particular type of nerd uh, that I was. And I remember in middle school, because I'm a little older than you, I was playing this game and uh, these girls I that I liked, keep saying that <laughs> these girls that I liked uh, would uh, a little older than you, a little younger than Heather, uh, much older than Matt. Wait, um, wait so, the girls were older than me, and you liked them in no. middle school. <laughs> so, the, so these women in their forties were uh, taking a liking to me. <laughs> These girls who I liked were called like called me and I was playing this game and I kept playing it as they were talking. And then I was like telling them what was happening in the game. But I was too embarrassed to say it was a PC game. So I told them I was watching a movie called Day of the Tentacle. (laughs) And then (laughs) and then so they went to Blockbuster to try to rent Day of the Tentacle. Oh, wow. And the guy like looked it up and was like, yeah, it's not in here. Like, I don't like it was just like a lie that I never, you know, like I, I, I don't even know why. I told that lie and then it it just didn't really pay off at all for him so this did nothing game for me it, it is also associated with uh childhood lying for me a lot of it all these lucas arts games actually mm-hmm. what i would do is i would have friends over to play these games and i would pretend that i had never played them before so this is something very uh, also like very frustrating about these games heather is like there are a lot of moments that are like there's no reasonable way that especially a kid could be expected to figure out what you are supposed to do next. It's like a punchline. Like, for example, you're so, there's a moment where you're supposed to induce a thunderstorm to get lightning to strike uh, Ben Franklin's kite. 
so uh, you can charge your super battery. But the way that you do that is you have to get a bucket and a brush and soapy water and wash your carriage. The joke being like, you know, as soon as you wash your car, there's got to be a thunderstorm. Yes. I, also, I have. But, yeah. I have a, a uh, actually a clip of um, uh, uh, a walkthrough here that 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 is about this section and this. Uh, I'll read it so that the audience gets an idea of the kind of video game this is. Yeah. You can now control Hoagie, so get the patent application. Head down to the left past the carriage. Open the mailbox and get the letter inside it. Open the door to the inn and go inside. Open the door to the main hall and enter, and then head through the swinging door. Pick up the oil and spaghetti on the pantry. Mm -hmm. Head through the door to the right. Pick up the bucket on the ground and then open the cabinet and get the brush. Use the bucket with the water pump to fill it with water. Head back to the entrance and go back up the stairs. Enter the room on the left and use Washington's head and use the cord to get the maid to appear. Like, that's the... Like yeah. That's the kind right. of game this is, which is part of why it's straight. It's I, I can't. I'm trying so hard when I play these. I, I think <laughs> this game would be it would be very tough to play if you. Yeah. If, if you didn't have like a, a, you know, if you weren't familiar with the genre and its conventions and the understanding yeah. that you're kind of trying to reverse engineer how the designer would have designed this puzzle like you're and kind of a, like okay it's just a joke it's just a yeah. service of a joke you have to get all that stuff just to wash the carriage to make a thunderstorm happen and like it might be alluded into some like somewhere deep in the dialogue with one character but the only way i ever found out was through looking at those guides it was just in the very early days of being able to go to gamefaqs.com uh and like the assy art at the top and like uh find those things out but i would pretend playing these games you know obviously it's just like the two of you sitting in front of a computer like deciding what to do but i would pretend that i hadn't played the games before and i was just figuring this stuff out (laughs) myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they would I would I remember feeling caught all the time where they were like you have you played this before like there's how would you put that together there's no way that you would just naturally <laughs> conclude to do that and I was like I don't I think I heard someone at school talking about it of course no one else has ever heard of this game but they all work like that all every yeah. single one that Nick w- 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 was talking about they're all that level of like convoluted yeah, it, it's um, I, I do think that because this one is aping like a, a Looney Tunes cartoon, I will give it that more than like in a, you know, Gabriel Knight Sins of the Father, like a Sierra like game that's supposed to be like a little bit like serious and straightforward, but it's still got like just completely wacky solutions to mm-hmm. puzzles like I'll, I'll because this is based in this is in a cartoon reality like it's I, I, I forgive that stuff more. Um, and I think that's part of like like part of just accepting this sort of genre uh i uh, i i wanted to say that the uh that the the way this this narrative is split up is so you've got per you've, there you've got these two characters a bunch of characters returning from the previous game from maniac mansion um but the two tentacles purple tentacle who's the bad tentacle and green tentacle who's the good tentacle purple tentacle drinks this mutagen uh from a toxic water pipe and grows arms and uh, becomes super intelligent not even and, arms just like little nubs yeah little and nubs, that's little enough stumps. that he's like with this now i can take over the world which is a very like very pinky in the brain thing that somehow 100 exactly the same time yeah that was 93 it, that those were both the, the idea of 
weak seeming creatures taking over the world for whatever reason was like some some funny shit. Um, it and was probably uh, a response to the Democrats getting into office. You know what I'm saying? They, the, the, all the there you go. The kids programming people were like, we got to get together and, and do something about. I mean, this. capital <laughs> critters. Come on, slick, guys. slick willy, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so. What happens is that you have these the chrono johns, which are these porta potties that have been turned into time machines. And you have like in the first game, you have multiple player characters. Can I go back a a tiny bit? Yes, please. I'm so sorry. But there's like there's so much weirdness in this maniac mansion. The first game you go to the house of this mad scientist, Dr. Fred Edison. This game was like a massive hit for some reason. They turned it into a television show in Canada. Yeah. Uh, where you're just following the Edison family. One of the SCTV guys was the the star. And Dr. Fred invented these tentacles, and he also invented this chronogon system. But he, for whatever reason, was a character that like got sort of big in Canada and other places. Yeah, and and that whole family is back. Like it's it's Doctor yeah. Fred, it's Nurse Edna, and then it's it's Weird Ed, um, yeah. and then there's also Dead Cousin Ned, who's a mummy who appears in all three uh, realities. And so you you end up going to uh, these three different timelines. You, you have these three player characters. Well, it's it's yeah. So the tentacle gets smart. He's going to take over the world, and there's no way to beat him. Yes. And that's why they have to like the only way to beat him is to go back in time to before the sludge gets into the river and then you can stop the tentacle from drinking the sludge and everyone will be saved. But uh, the porta potty time machines aren't great. And so they send these three kids back to Nick, take it away. They're, they're sending him back to trying to send him to the previous day. Thank you, Heather. But then that that fucks up and they get sent to Hoagie gets sent 200 years in the past to colonial times. Um, Laverne, uh, who's a, a who's like a, 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 a spazzy medical student, gets sent 200 years in the future uh, to when tentacles rule the earth and humans are pets. And Bernard stays in the present. And so it, uh, the, the puzzle solving is largely um, finding ways that objects from different realities will interact with each other, either that you're going to flush an object through time and send it to, you know, one of your roommates in a different time or you are going to, in one case, you know, uh for instance, take a bottle of wine, put it in a time capsule. So when you open it up in 400 years, it's a bottle of vinegar, which is an item you need to solve a different puzzle. Yeah. And this is like in service of a lot of great like time travel type jokes. Yes. Where uh, when Laverne travels forward into the future, she gets caught in a tree, uh, which is uh, a, a kumquat tree that has been growing outside the house for a really long time. And when Hoagie goes back into the past, George Washington is there. So Hoagie has to paint the kumquats in the tree red so they look like cherries. So George Washington will think that it's a cherry tree, which he wants to prove how good he is at cutting them down. So he cuts down the tree in the past so Laverne can fall out of it 400 years in the future. Uh, Um yeah, which is which is great. And and I, I mean, I actually those are, that's my favorite part of the game is the ones that use time, you know, the long stretch of time of like you, you're freezing the hamster, you do frosting him in 200 years. Um, you have a sweater that you have to get make really small. So you put, you know, like a, yeah. like a shitload of quarters in and you have it dry for 200 years. Can I say my um, favorite one? This is another yes, history please. one. Laverne needs a tentacle costume. 
in the future. She needs to disguise herself as a tentacle. So Hoagie, in the past, he meets Betsy Ross, and he gives her plans for a new American flag that is a t- that is just designed like a tentacle costume. So we're supposed to believe that because of what Hoagie did in the past, the American flag for 400 years has just been a three-dimensional like tentacle costume that you pull <laughs> over your head. So all Laverne has to do in the future is take what is the American flag and, and, and put it on. <laughs> and, and that comes from an anatomical chart of a tentacle that Laverne right. takes and flushes back 400 years. Yeah. Yes. It, I, I love that puzzle. And that has like a really good button at the end of the game. Um, uh, mm-hmm. It's, I, I think this is like, I don't know. I, I really like that stuff. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think as these games can always by their nature, as Hayes was saying, be a little obtuse, but I think this one is like fairer than a lot of these games. I, I think I think a lot of them. Ha- I think a lot of these puzzles, like that one or the, the Constitution one, where you have to get a uh, you have a flyer from the present that says uh, George says get yourself a, a new vacuum and put it in your basement. Says, and George then- says everyone should have a vacuum cleaner in their basement. It's like a, an advertisement yes. for a George's vacuum cleaner company or something. So, yeah, it's a flyer. Mm-hmm. And so you take that into the past and you put it in the suggestion box for the Constitution and that gets written into the Constitution. <laughs> and as a result, uh, the vacuum cleaner is present in the basement in the future. Like, it's because just like that's that one, in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I mean, it's a good puzzle. And it's like you can intuit that. And you don't have to just like guess. I will say that the puzzles in this one, especially when we compare it to like a dog shit game we've played on this podcast, Twilight Zone, like that Mm. same sort of like adventure game aesthetic, the puzzles in this one, much, much, much better. Like you can intuit, oh, I've got wine. And I, I know that if you leave a bottle of wine open on your like kitchen counter for a long time, it kind of tastes like vinegar. So you can Mm. intuit those things. But I would love, Matt, to play some selections of because the packaging for this is not like it's 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 off putting. The voice acting is it's it's grating and it feels a little bit to me like today you would just do like it would be like the voice actors from Powerpuff Girls. And it would, okay, sure. great. It sounds like a cartoon. This sounds like people making fun of the way that cartoons speak. Look, Hoagie, it's a hamster. Just what I need for dissection lab tomorrow. I think I need that for the band, Laverne. You know, like we could bite its head off or whatever. Like, you're not doing anything when this is happening. Like, that's just, they're they're speaking constantly. It feels like one of those, like, YouTube AI songs where, like, kids are (laughs) singing about, like, Put a light bulb in my pants. I am made of sugar. Like, whatever the fuck they... <laughs> well, imagine you're playing it in 1993, and it is much slower. It is <laughs> grinding to get these lines off. I don't know if this is like was the case for you, Nick, when uh, when you played it when you were a kid, but like... It would often take a really long time for the characters to get from A to B if the processor was moving slowly or whatever. And you would have to wait till they got to their next location to, like, say their line. I remember especially in the opening cutscene, there are sequences where the tentacles are moving and they kind of, like, slurp along. uh, And even just for the cutscenes to play out would take 
forever. So you're kind of grateful to hear people speaking when it happens, when you're playing the original game, because that means that the uh, it's not frozen. But also, <laughs> I don't know. It's like having nothing to compare it to coming out of this machine uh, when uh, when when yes. I was 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 that age uh, of the characters that were that were played there. I actually think like Laverne's per- performance, the voice actor of Laverne. I, I think I like that performance and I like Bernard's performance, too. Uh, the Hokies is the only one that stands out to me as like, oh, that's a little rough and hard to listen to. But I, I think the other ones are all right. If you're going to rag on just the hoagie voice actor that's i mean that's rough stuff rag them rag them all like uh, you know like don't single out one of them be like hey this may not be for you the entire cast sounds a little off it sounds like they're making but you're just like zeroing in on one individual performer actor who was actually cast like one of the things i I read about this game was that Usually they would just like use people who were developers to like voice act stuff. And this was like a cast process where they found good voices. I I think tonally it's off-putting just, and that's it. Like, it's not for me. You're, you're just like trying to find this one guy and ruin his day. He said man. he did two voices. You said, so now you can say you liked the other one. I did like the other. I do think he, I, he's purple tentacle and he's awesome. He's also the voice of chess master. If you remember chess master, but he, the, the guy's had a long career. <laughs> there was a chess master franchise of chess sims and there was I, no, a, I, a guy who would voice the chess master he was the voice of the chess master Devin is nodding along i don't remember the chess master speaking he just goes like and now make a move like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember any specific, i mean whatever just like chess tutorial shit <laughs> Just nothing specific. He didn't have like Pawn catchphrases. Pawn King Four. Interesting. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Interesting. You know, this reminds me of when I used to play chess as a little boy. <laughs> I would pull up a board next to the water, and I'd play with my dad instead of fishing. You can't move. You're trying to move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, 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 it could also, it could be a nostalgia thing that's working for two of us. It isn't oh, working for, for two sure. of us. I mean, but, but I do think, by and large, I think the music is good. I think the animation is outstanding. I think the character designs are very good. I think most of the puzzle designs are good. And I think the voice acting is generally good. Like, it's not, you know, it's, it's broad, but it's a cartoon. It's, it's trying to evoke like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yes. Bernard uh, is one of my favorite character types, which is uh, the dumb nerd. Uh, <laughs> he has all the disadvantages of being a nerd, the pocket protector and like the thick glasses and stuff. But he's also stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make very clear over the course of the thing. He's the dumbest of the three of them. <laughs> it's a Millhouse thing. Yeah. It's just like oh, a exactly. fucking nerd. Yes. A nerd, nerd with an empty gets, skull. Also gets very bad grades. <laughs> uh, also the you know this is the sequel to maniac mansion they they streamlined it a little bit in terms of it's only three characters and the maniac mansion you could pick from i think eight different characters mm-hmm. and and make your your troop of three that's not the case here because they just made the assets more polished and and made the uh 
uh, uh, just kind of streamlined the gameplay a little bit. Uh, but the entire Maniac Mansion game, the original Maniac Mansion, is on a computer that you can interact with in the world in Weird Ed's office, who's one of the characters, one of the members of the Edison family. Yeah. Um, and that was that in its time was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing that happens in a lot of games now. It's like I think that's fu- that's in like Metal Gear Solid Three has like uh, you know the. Uh, Metal Gear one in it. Right. It's like it's like that's like a very common Easter egg now. But this was, I think, the first game to ever actually do that. Mm hmm. Yes, according to Wikipedia, or maybe it was Game Informer. I don't know where I read it. It was <laughs> it was the first game to include the entire other game inside of the game, and it just launched it separately. It was just like a separate EXE or whatever that it would just boot up. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was watching in um, the <laughs> for, with uh, in the making of for the remaster. You can't really do that anymore. And in, in, on like a PlayStation, you know, it's not like you mm-hmm. can't just like launch it like a separate uh, like program. Uh, and so they did just have to kind of like write it in to uh, to to this game for the remaster. Um, I, I'm Hayes. I'm curious as someone who played this as a as a kid. uh my experience to this was returning to this was a lot of the puzzles. I was like, I remembered like the, the broad strokes of, but not the specifics. Uh, there were some where I was like, uh, where I was like, wait, I know there's something to do with the teeth and the exploding cigar, but I what, like, it took me a minute to piece it together. There were other ones where I just flat out forgot what the solution was, but how much of this was like, I remember exactly how this goes and how much of this was like trying to like figure it out or having to consult a guide or whatever for you. I, I remembered everything pretty well. Weirdly, there were some where I was just like that I didn't really get when I was a kid and was just kind of mm-hmm. going through the motions of what I read in the guide or online or whatever. And then now it, it clicking for me why you were I was even supposed to be doing these things. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just like my memory just for like so many individual lines of dialogue was like sickening. And my wife walked in and was like saying them along. It was like, wow, it was was gross. Uh, But this game in particular, I played so many times. It feels I think it was a little bit shorter than some of the other ones to play all the way through. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you follow Tim Schaefer, I don't know if you've talked about him on this show before, um, but through uh monkey island he was someone that i guess was a kid he was like 22 or something yeah just out of gilbert drafted him to help out with this secret project that turned out to be monkey island then the day of the tentacle 2 was kind of like a cast off project that they just gave to them and they're in like their mid to uh, him and dave grossman they're in their mid to late 20s at this point there's a very distinct sensibility of the creators in all LucasArts games, I feel like Steve Purcell with Sam and Max has a very specific thing. Brian Moriarty for uh, Loom and The Dig is like very, very serious and intense. Uh, but something about when I was a kid, I just really thought now I n- realize it was Tim Schafer was just like the funniest person who, yeah. who ever lived. I'm, I, w- I would play these games and like crack up. 100%. I mean, I thought this I thought this game was legitimately funny. The Sam Max games were legitimately funny. Probably still would think that. Yeah, Full Throttle, which has a slightly more serious tone, but still has like a lot of jokes in it. I mean... Heather, you have to play uh, Full Throttle. I think the voice acting in that is much better. And one okay. of the, um, the great voice actors in it is Mark Hamill. 
Oh, oh, well, so, okay. Mm -hmm. Legit. Like Mark Hamill's voice acting is, I mean, peerless. That dude is incredible. He plays (laughs) the bad guy, Adrian Ripberger. Uh, It's awesome. I don't know where I was when I found out. I mean, like, I have no distinct memory of when I found out that he voiced Joker, Mm -hmm. but it was young enough that I was confused. Like, it wasn't like it was like if I found out now, I'd be like, oh, shit, really? (laughs) But at the time I was like, no, that has to be the incorrect information. Like, there's no way that can be true. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if I if I am going to play it, that is a star on the pro yeah. side mm-hmm. as opposed to the con side. It's great. That's, a, that's I think, my favorite LucasArts game, maybe, now, today. Interesting. I'd, I'd, have, to, I'd have to replay it. I mean, that, yeah, that one and, and Grim Fandango also have a remastered. Mm-hmm. I, Grim Fandango, uh, I, was, I was older for, but I did really like Grim Fandango when that came out, and that one also has just, like, awesome voice acting and, and production values. Um, uh, just a couple puzzles I wanted to, to, to mention before we get to final thoughts, but the there's a, there's a, there are a couple of twins. One is right-handed, one is left-handed. Yes. And they are, uh, you know, they're making a statue of uh of one of the twins holding a sword mm-hmm. and you have to like flip that statue in the present the so, reason that you have to flip the statue in the present is because nurse edna is watching security camera footage that you need to access you need to be able to kick her rolling chair out of the room and down the stairs but because of the way this statue is positioned there's the, the guy in the statue is holding a sword that she can grab onto so you a seven-year-old are supposed to figure <laughs> out that you need to go back into the past and have the sword being held in the guy's right hand instead of his left hand in the statue. So the so one of the twins is the model and the other twin is the sculptor and you have to switch out the hammer so they switch positions so that the sword is another and the the other hand because um, this is a great joke you you have to switch out the left-handed hammer that the guy is using for a right-handed hammer that he is unable to use <laughs> but yeah. just like what would that even <laughs> look like it's okay <laughs> Um, and, uh, and the, the, the one I, I had like, like the car wash puzzle, I never figured out as a kid. The other one was that you need to give the, uh, you need to give um, Dr. Fred decaf coffee to make him fall asleep, which is such like an adult joke. But like just for a kid, it just makes zero a sense. sip of decaf coffee and immediately becomes a sleepwalking zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it made coffee seem terrifying. I mean, like we'd never had coffee at that point in our lives. And then you give him regular coffee again and... He goes crazy. He goes like <laughs> berserk. <laughs> this is something um, my mom would drink every day. I was like, "What is this?" It's uh, it's it's got that kind of cartoon logic throughout. But I, I don't know. I I enjoyed it more than I thought. Returning to it, I guess we should we should probably time wise just get to our final thoughts. It's time for our view crew. So, uh, Hayes, we'll each say something positive about the game and then give it a numerical decimal rating. Uh, I'll, I'll start, and I'll just say my one positive thing uh, is Laverne, who is the character of the future, um, 
has a walk cycle that is so loopy and she spends much of the game wearing a tentacle costume. So she's a Mm -hmm. human disguised as a tentacle and she has like this, this, this wide legged loping gait. Like she's just gotten off a horse, but it's like really like, it's just like really coolly animated. uh, And uh, it's really like, just kind of like informs her, her quirky personality. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, when I was reading through reviews of this game, it's 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 just basically evenly divided between people who played it when they were younger or play, people who played it when it originally came out and were returning to it and people who are playing it now for the first time uh, and whether you'll like it or not. So if you've never played this before, I, I don't know, you can you can try it out on Game Pass and see how it uh, how you re- react to it. But if you're someone who played this game when you were younger and you'd like to revisit it, and I think the remastered is is a, just a great uh, just a great like little like very simple remix like I said earlier like a like a fresh coat of paint on this thing so I'm gonna say I'm gonna give this a 9.0 what do you think Heather um well I, I think that like the character who's forced into the past and has to re-examine yeah. uh, all of his presuppositions about like who the founding fathers were and like you know, he's got to knock out George Washington's fake teeth, which we know were the teeth of enslaved people. But here in this charming game is just like, oh, it's his goofy teeth and you're going to replace them with chattering teeth. So it seems like he's cold um, in much the John same John Hancock is cold, but Thomas Jefferson won't build a fire for John Hancock. Yeah. But right. once you put chattering teeth in George Washington's mouth and uh-huh. he seems cold, Thomas Jefferson is responsive to that. So, <laughs> And you have to so, trick him with an exploding cigar so he, his yeah. regular teeth explode. Yeah, that's right. So much like that character feels displaced in time, I found this game to be a, a really excellent pair of glasses to look back on emerging 90s technology and be like, wow, this would have been so impressive, especially if you had a powerful rig that could play it with minimal loading off of a CD-ROM, which just CDs on their own looked like the newest technology. They were like, they were holographic on the bottom, which was like something out of a fucking movie from Mm -hmm. the future. They like- can't believe that that was the technology that ended up being used. Um, my score for this game is whatever Hayes gives it because no, I actually think I mean this is like so I would feel really bad if hearing like how much I love it and my relationship to it compelled people to like go back and sink time into it because you feel bad about that. I would, yeah, because like it's just it cannot be the same. It can't. You realize be like, that's what the pod what happened. You <laughs> did that. To us. <laughs> Matt offered me like multiple. Uh, I think two I options. I yeah. just chose one. I got a poster of it on my wall. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you, dude. <laughs> uh, but for me. And for anyone listening who might be wondering if they should go back and play the remastered version because they're scared, uh, like I was, that the characters would that would be different from your memory. I am so impressed and thankful how faithful they were to the original. But then looking back at 
it's so amazing it's, it's exactly like you're saying heather like the the colors and the technology and like the cartoon designs just exploded off the screen for me when i was a kid even the box like this poster that's on my wall is the box and i was just so fun to look at and playing this game i was like this is exactly what i remember it looking like it's incredible but it when you look back at what it actually looks like the old version it kind of looks like shit they somehow <laughs> realized m- my memories of it in this uh like they, they caught up to the technology just enough so it would look like what i remember it looked like and and, and not being disappointed like it just look horrible and uh and pixelated it's what we wish some of us, some people were really satisfied with it, but it's kind of what I wish they had done with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I wish it yeah. was yes. like my memories of the game as opposed yes. to my actual experience of the game if I drop it in now. Like, I wish that there was some way to be like, I, 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 and I'm not even sure what kind of game that would be, but like some, some like this feels like, a respectful update of the totally. actual game without eliminating the the flavor and the um, tone and the voice acting and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like making it different. Like If they had is- changed that, I would have been crushed. Yeah. <laughs> like if they had recorded new voices, I mean, like it has to ring in your head. It has to match the echo that's in your yeah. head from when you played it as a kid. Uh, so I, I just appreciate that for the game is for me personally, and they, they did everything right in updating it and realizing it. It it feels like a real labor of love, uh, to, to make that happen. Um, do you want to, do you have a score for it? Hayes? Yeah, it's 10. I got a poster of wow. it on my wall. Like, <laughs> was, my, what a coincidence. My score also was a 10. Wow. Look at that. It's this full throttle and, uh, earthbound. When I think of like my favorite games ever, which only came out like yeah. a few months earthbound. after this. Yeah. yeah. Earthbound. earthbound. Now you're speaking Heather's language. Yeah. That, that's that's earthbound. my favorite game. I think, uh, just, just, uh, Abadaka, I know you haven't gotten your score. Just mark me down for point 10. Just like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, it's just point 10. I write down everyone, so that's, yeah, that's point 10, the way right. I do. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, hard to follow that. I um, did not have fun with, <laughs> with this. Um, did you play the whole game? I played it as much of it as I could. Like, I, I think yeah, I sure. honestly got like halfway through um, it, with help because, as I said <laughs> in Maniac Mansion, as I said with other point and click adventure games that we've played, I am not a smart man. I don't know how to do these. I don't understand. Like, I get frustrated. And I was, you know, and I, I didn't know it was on Game Pass. I was playing it on my phone. And I'm kind of glad I was playing it on my phone because if I was playing it on my Xbox, I would have looked at my phone instead. I would have been like, just, <laughs> so I'm glad I was already holding the thing that was going to distract me. Um, <laughs> and I will say, though, I, I, I listening to you guys talk about it and like hearing your uh, prior experiences to it, I do, I understand why why it is good and like why looking back on it you would look back on it with the fondness that you're looking back on it um but i i'll say that my positive thing my positive thing is that when i was searching for questions for a question block an upcoming segment a, a lot of people pointed this particular detail out and it is that um the characters in the game uh are us and i just do think that is fun. <laughs> interesting <laughs> it's uh and Heather. the horror and, of recognition yeah yeah i think that is funny i you know 
it's 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 tough. I, I look, the whole thing's tough, but because uh, you know, it's it's just tough. But I I, I do I do like yeah, it. Yeah, that's rough stuff. It's rough. That's, that's I mean, just insulting. That's insulting. Because <laughs> nobody They're really all... stands to win, but it is exactly. Nice. It's yeah. I, but that made me. It made me laugh because it is. Look, it's funny. Yeah, it's pretty I, I think that's pretty good, but um, you know, it did hurt my feelings. But I will. <laughs> you uh, don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just because I'm, uh, you know, I'm just uh, so scarred. Um, <laughs> I, I'll give it a. Ugh. I'm gonna give it a five. That's so generous, That's Matt. Yeah, why? Why do you say that begrudgingly? Because you want to go lower. I don't lower. want my go friends lower. to be mad at me. I don't no, wanna, go lower. No, Look, I, I can't go lower than five because, like, it it does the things that it is supposed to do. Like, it functions right. appropriately. It take it. You know, I played the remastered version. It's exactly as you said. It like it took the it remastered it to like perfection. It's great. Like it, it works well. It's just not for me. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give it a five. This genre, I want to say, does not hold up in any way, shape, or form. Like, you can play an old, like, super pixelated RPG, and there's still, like, the tension of, like, whether this fucking hit is gonna, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you can engage with it in that way. There's no tension in this game whatsoever. You're just, like, playing out a little story, and it was just fun back in the old computer days to see this stuff happening and in the way that you were controlling this funny little movie on the computer. But like, I don't see why now without the nostalgia factor, someone would get any enjoyment out of that. So I'm saying, don't feel bad about I'm not sorry. like enjoying my memories. I'm like, so fucking sorry. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's honestly like, I thought you, know, like in the fifties, they used to talk about how boring it was to go to your neighbors and see their vacation slides or whatever oh, that's right. what this is hey you know what i i in these times i'd, I'd take somebody up on that <laughs> <laughs> hey those were our thoughts but heather maybe we're wrong maybe we were wrong We've got reviews from all over the internet of contrary opinions to what we've just voiced here or <clears throat> or perhaps they're very similar to the uh, mm. opinions that people just voiced here. Uh, you know, I whatever, whatever. W- like let let's say that I had called this game just dog shit. Like if I had been like I can't stand <laughs> it and I couldn't even barely bring myself to watch a playthrough. Not that that's what I felt or said or did, but. A contrary opinion to that would be here from Vegeta187 on the Steam Store, who writes, Day of the Tentacle is probably the single best point-and-click adventure game ever made. I'm a veteran of point-and-click adventures and have played everything from the early days of LucasArts Sierra all the way through to the most modern offerings in the genre. Here's what makes it so great. Brilliant artwork and graphics from the characters to the background. Time travel mechanic makes the gameplay totally unique. There's lots of humor, amazing puzzle designs, great character designs and voice acting, and very clever evolution of the mansion from one time period to another. Honestly, if you're a fan of the genre, you need this game. It's a classic. 10 out of 10 would be what maybe I was wrong if I'd said that this game was not (laughs) Yes. In this hypothetical. Yeah. But even um, that is couched in like, if you like this, 
you that the, this is the game this kind of shit then this is the game for you <laughs> yeah it's it's a, you know it's a niche thing for enthusiasts i, w- I was reading uh, when i was reading about this game i was surprised that like this game which was kind of one of the high watermarks for sales for lucasarts games lucasarts adventure games their star wars games always sold like uh, like crazy as did their indiana jones games but this one sold like eighty thousand copies it was not like a like much of a hit um and maniac mansion and secret of monkey island both uh, maniac mansion actually did well but but Secret of Monkey Island like tanked like that that oh, just, really? just just did not sell well at all. Yeah, they kept making them. Out of why the they make love. four? I, I think because the <laughs> I think because the like like you know there was enough. Uh, honestly, at, at the time itself, I felt like Lucas Arts was kind of a a an artist community where they were just yeah. like letting these designers make the mm-hmm. games they wanted to make. So I think they just, they just got the chance to to make original IP and extend it if they wanted, whether it was commercially viable or not. Um. I have a uh, uh, this is I had a hard time finding negative reviews for this game because I think most of the people who took the time to write for, write about it were just talking about how much they loved it. Uh, but I did find it an interesting review on the uh, German Amazon store of a, uh, a purple tentacle uh, Snuggie that they're selling. Um, wow. This is a four star review uh, by Muki. And uh, this is the text. Tall und warm. Perfect for gamer und nerds. So, <laughs> so there you go. Does your head go through the top like tentacle sucker? Uh, yeah, it's basically. Let me see if I can, I can like, share my like screen Laverne's here. Costume. It's pretty much. It's pretty much exactly like Laverne's costume, and you got little armholes here. Actually, you know what? No, it. Your head what comes out buy, of the top. What if I, I bought mistaken. my wife that? Here you go. If you guys like, want to well, look just at put this. it on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it doesn't go through the top 10 it does not no all. i was mistaken no it goes just through the head so but is there a hood that you can actually look like a tentacle this is not doing um, it for me i mean it's it's hard to tell from these screenshots whether or not there's a hood it looks like there might be but those might also just be close-ups of the sleeves i appreciate that they that they went through the trouble yeah also the the suction cups are not they're just a print they're not like raised yeah. sections of fabric. For those of you who don't know what it looks like at home, it looks like the costume that Mickey Mouse wears in Fantasia. Like it, the it the does. day of the tentacle costume oh, yeah. is just like a, a bag that you wear over <laughs> yeah. your body. Uh, and I do think it has a hood. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to order to find out if we have any listeners in Germany who want to sink a few bucks into it. Um, <laughs> feel free to report back. Uh, do you have any more? Uh, do you have any more reviews, Heather? I mean, they're all in the same vein. They're all like glowing and and delighted reviews of of some people's favorite game of all time. Right. Uh, there's like a guy who's like, "This was my favorite game when I was nine, and I just played the remastered version and started crying." Like, th- I mean, yeah. Just a bunch of fucking dipshits. No, you should. In in filling out these reviews, these positive reviews, you it should say, you should have to begin. I was born in nineteen blank, and then you pick a seven or eight for the first digit, and then you can fill in whatever the second digit is that you want. 
Um, there is. A, I'm not going to read it here because it's lengthy. But but Bob Mackey, pa- past guest of the show of the Talking Simpsons podcast, wrote a review of of the remaster for US Gamer, um, and it's a really good review. And he talks a lot about the UI improvements and just how like it, it's such like like Heather was saying earlier about how this is such like a, a exactly what you remember, um, but just upgraded. And, and I'll I'll post that on social media. Uh, but right now it's time for the question block. Ba-ding! All right, this one's from at HeavyWTR on Twitter, and they write, this is sort of a two-part question. Are there any must-plays that you just could not get into? And, and or, are there fa- are, what are your favorite games from a studio that is no longer in business? Okay, we got, so these are two separate questions. Sort of two separate, separate questions. questions. Yeah, answer whichever one you want, I guess. Um, I will say that, and I'm curious what, how you'll respond to this, Heather. I've tried to get into fighting games a lot, and I can really only get into the more accessible ones. Your Street Fighters, your Marvel vs. Capcoms, your... I, yeah, you won't even classify it as a fighting game, but your Smash Brothers. Uh, when I tried to play, I really tried to get into Virtua Fighter. I made an honest effort to get into Virtua Fighter. I like was like looking at move sets. I was trying to like learn one character, and I was just I, I put enough hours in order. This is not for me. Whether or not I can even get good at it, I'm just not really enjoying myself. Um, so I guess that's I guess my answer is the Virtua Fighter franchise for the first one. I don't know, Heather. You ever fuck with Virtua Fighter? I did fuck with Virtua Fighter, and I did enjoy it, but. You you preface that by saying, you know, I, I can only get into the accessible fighting games. And then you named two extraordinary fighting games like you named Street Fighter and Marvel Capcom. And those are both right. excellent, excellent games. So I, I but feel they're, like they're good, but they're also approachable. I, that, that would just be my interpretation as someone who's not as an enthusiast for the genre. But I, I'm sorry, please continue. But I, I, I feel like Virtual Fighter is a, a matter of like like tone, like you if. The the moves have um, I don't know they're they're a little bit more precise they're a little bit more um, exacting in terms of like oh I, like I can't just I with Street Fighter even when it was converted into 3D uh, the game was behaving with frame drops as if it were a 2D game whereas Virtual right. Fighter you really do need to have the leg connect with the head in order for a hit to register, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the fighters are really slow. I don't think that's, I mean, like, that's okay, man. Like, you don't, you don't need to be in a virtual fighter. That's, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's like, you're like, hey, I, I keep going to French restaurants and I try foie gras and I don't really like it. I'm like, I'm, okay, that's fine. I'm, mm. You know, and that's not for everybody. It is, it is the fancy food for, for fancy people. Um, right. Much like virtual fighter. Did people, were people also like tortured to, Make it <laughs> I mean, that all right? games. All yeah, games. 100%. That's, that's the right. industry. <laughs> Foie gras is video games. <laughs> every, every game ever made. <laughs> um, hey, so, any, uh, any, you know, the, the, the second half of that question was a game from a defunct developer that you're uh, a fan of. Is that correct, Matt? Yes. Um, is that, you know, as someone who, who, who seemed to game more when you were younger, is there anything like anything that, that, that comes to mind in that end? Well, no, I've picked things up recently that I had like heard. Sometimes I'll hear that something's amazing and I'll uh, have like a a bunch of time where I'll just be like, I'll play this for two weeks and I can never really get into it. I actually feel like I remember Heather posting about this like really favorably at the time. And I don't know what it was that didn't like connect with me. But The Witcher, I guess, three. Wait, what? No, 
Oh, I'm misremembering I that. I don't know. But I remember hearing a huge amount at the, <laughs> at the time about this game. I think it was like, I'll even check like what wins game of the year in different places. And I'm like, okay, I'll play this. Yeah. 2015, um, 2016, I think was Witcher yeah, 3. Yeah, I know yeah. that until, until today, uh, literally, I think as of the record, uh, the Witcher 3 was the most awarded game of all time, and it was only overtaken by The Last of Us Part 2 as of wow. today, I think. Wow. So they a got, lot The Last of, of Us Part 2 got an award today. I guess. Was like I guess so, yeah. one more award. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember people being like, holy shit. Uh, and I don't know. It just, uh, it was a tiny bit boring to me, and I, yeah. and I, and I dropped it. After like and at two hours, I was like, I haven't really done that much so far. And like, and I didn't pick it up again. Yeah. My experience with Witcher 3 was also that I was like, oh man, everybody loves this game. I'm getting it for the yeah. Switch. And I have like a six hour plane ride ahead of me. This yeah. is going to be perfect. And then like an hour in, I was like, oh man, this is, this is not, I'm not enjoying myself the way that I expected to, with, you know, Witcher my way through this airplane ride. Yeah. Much like, my experience with uh, tactics games, other than Final Fantasy mm. Tactics Advance, I am always like, I know I'm supposed to enjoy this. I know I'm supposed to love Tactics Ogre. I know I'm supposed to love Final Fantasy Tactics for PSX and every re-release. But there is something about them that I just can't. They like they're they're good, like they're objectively good, but they don't grip me. Um, the, uh, tactics games, I, I think also, a, you know, kind of a niche genre, but I will say one thing that I think is objectively good is one of the tactics ogre sequels, which the, the full title is tactics ogre. Let us cling together. What a <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> let us cling together. Why not? Um, but hey, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with your questions at Get Played Pod or send us an email at getplaidpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering is by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest has been Hayes Davenport. Hayes, anything you would like to plug? Oh, all these freaking podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Handbook, Flavor Ones, LA Podcast. Have you all done LA Noir yet? We have not. You got to do it. It's so... I mean, I'm sure you've played it, but maybe I maybe uh, I'll have to come back because it's that game sucks in a lot of ways. But like, <laughs> the L.A. stuff, a lot of it is great. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and you can check that out at Patreon.com slash The Flagrants. You can check that out at Patreon.com slash The Flagrants. That was yeah. intentional. That was, that was not a deliberate sabotage. club. That was not deliberate sabotage. Keep us just under half of his subscribers. This was deliberate sabotage because now I have to keep the flub in. We're, we're just had a clean retake. Slash the flagrant ones. Check it out. And Matt, tell us next week's game. Well, actually, next week we're spending another 70 minutes in gaming heaven. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Itch.